I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. Tim and Guy. Hello, and welcome along to another exciting episode of The Worst Idea of All Time. Episode 47 is brought to you by Big Pipe Broadband. If you're in New Zealand, get it in ya. Bigpipe.co.nz. It's awesome. There's no contracts, and they don't throttle your speed, because they're good people. Or your family, bitches! They ain't throttling no one around here. That's right. Uh, is it 47 or 48? Look, it's not. Oh, 40... Eight. It's definitely it's one of the two. It's 48. High five, buddy. Happy birthday. Inching closer to the half go. century. It's not a word I use often, but I feel like this movie has disrespected me. Mm, I also feel like the first thing I'd like to say, uh, actually, is I hope I never have a relationship with a human being like the relationship I have with Sex in the City 2. Here, here. Um, you guys, I, I'm sorry to cut you off on that thought, Guy. You might be hearing some uh, background ribble rabble. Um, this is kind of like the spiritual sequel to uh, Slummer Party, which was sort of themed as well. This is this is like a pool party because um, my next-door neighbours have got a pool and um, the kids are just going <laughs> hog wild out there. That's right. God, they're going they're absolutely ballistic. They've been having a good time for about an hour now. We've been uh, locked up in this humid Auckland afternoon. We've it's been... so hot here. I know a lot of you guys are in the snow and yeah. stuff because are in the east coast of uh, the United States, but tell you what, Peachy Keen over here. Listen to those kids. We've been cooped up like a couple chickens in a pen listening to the bloody next-door neighbours kids over at Splash Palace. They've been playing nothing but top 20 bangers and clangers. And pretty much doing the dopest tricks. At one point, one of them got out a boogie board and was like, check this out, and went and sort of tried to surf across the pool pool. on the most dangerous of anything. (laughs) Super dangerous. But the excitement on the other kids, like the other kid was like, no way, no way, no way. I want to do that. Yeah. Believe it, folks. They're having so much fun. Uh, In fact, so much fun that within 15 seconds of their arrival and uh, joy, Mm. Tim mumbled quite loudly, 
fucking kids. And I turned to him and said, were you doing a gag? And he said, no. I'm genuinely turning into an old man in my old age. Um, hey, we're joined by uh, one of the most popular co-hosts that we've had on this show before. The Knife is back, folks. Knifey. Yeah, it, it's it's true. Uh, obviously, you can't see what's happening, but Tim's wielding a knife. He was practicing his thrusts during the movie. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't... Um, this isn't a flick knife, eh? For something to be a flick knife, you've got to be able to just... Whoosh. Yeah, it's not a flick knife. So what is it? Is it just like a concealed knife? Uh, if you put it in your pocket, right now it is not a concealed knife. That the, is a... The um, blade flips out. The I guess th- do you know, feature. I was thinking about it, because I was watching you do your th- practice your thrusts. Do my thing. And you got s- some great thrusts. I'm not... Uh, as a measure of time passing... Uh, I don't fear you with a knife like I did when you first brought it out. Hmm. And thats I think that's on account of uh, I just know you uh, infinitely that's a better bad, now. That makes me want to stab you because it's like you feel like you've got my number and I don't like that. I don't well, like people look, thinking I'm not, that. I'm not getting it twisted. I know who's got the knife in the room. Yeah. All I'm saying you is... Should, you would do well to remember that guy, Montgomery. I think it's odd that you want your friends to be threatened to be, be like... Not necessarily threatened, but I just don't want them discounting. <laughs> so you don't the want them to explicitly think them. that you're going to stab them, but you just like them entertaining maybe the possibility that at any given moment you might. It's the implication. <laughs> Thank you, but Dennis. Always, always sunny <laughs> fans out there. Um, this watch, man, this movie is massively disrespecting us at this point. It is uh, in a Victorian era, biting its thumb at us. Um, in a modern it's, era, it is putting its cock and balls. Yeah. In between its legs in and then Shelby, giving us in that moon. Shelbyville, it's pointing at us with their right index finger and uh, ushering down it with their left index fin- finger while saying, hoot, 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 hoot. <laughs> it it's is a deep cut. Yeah. Deep Simpsons cut. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, fuck. It's not, What's to say? It's not playing the nice reason anymore. I wouldn't want to The have movie's not playing nice anymore, you know? <laughs> it's playing rough and tumble. It sure is. Playground rules. The. Why I wish, why I would never want to have a relationship with a person like I do with this movie mm. is because if this were to be a person, I would just like, this is worse than not liking something. This is refusing. This is like blanking someone. This is like refusing to even engage with them. This is, this is pretty much giving a person the silent treatment, I feel like. I just can't communicate with this, you know, I can't get through to it. Mm. It's crazy. There's like is this... that worse than hate? Nothing is worse than hate. I, and I don't mean nothing is in nothing. I, I mean, mean nothing is in like dullness is worse than hate. I Yeah, I think so. If it's in a situation where you could cut out from your life and you choose to maintain the dullness instead of just saying, get it. Like, frankly, I think it's gone toxic and we shouldn't be in a room together anymore. The cicadas are Warren. really <laughs> adding a summary vibe to this. I dig it. What we did is we just, we were like, look, there's two ways. We didn't, this was what happened in my head. I didn't verbalize any of this. There's two <laughs> ways There's two ways to deal with an outside pool party at your next door neighbor's place. You can either be furious and, and rail against it, or you can just get on board and go with it and mic up the pool party. <laughs> yeah. So I we've just actually, got a microphone hanging outside the studio pointed in the direction. in my cans, yeah. some of those noises, are like kids, like the kids having fun are coming through so clear I'm almost like, wondering around, about the legality of, of what we're... Like, is it... Oh, strictly yeah. speaking, is this legal? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. To mic up your neighbours? Yeah. If it's <laughs> yeah. on your property, sure. So you could hypothetically put microphones all along both of your fences? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Don't know. Don't know the answer to that one, guy. Not sure. 
What a I'm sure qu- it's fine. <laughs> what a quandary. I'm sure well, it's, it's going up either way. And if the kids hear this and figure out how to process legal action against us for doing it, I say good on all, you. All power to them. Let's learn. Those kids are our future. Yes. Yes, indeed. Only four more episodes, man. Are you excited by that? Uh, it, I'm, I'm pretty thrilled. I am pretty th- thrilling. I'm pretty thrilled, but it doesn't. It doesn't have the same. The ramp up to finishing Grown Ups too. Yeah. And excuse yeah. me for speaking in sort of, in reference to the other movie, but it's. It's just such a different... The whole thing's such a different sensation now. With Grown Ups 2, there was a real, like, excitement and... Like, this isn't... That was like it was reaching boiling point and then there was a joyous explosion and the whole thing sort of culminated and it felt like it was not worthwhile, but, you know, it amounted to something. But the sex... <laughs> Certainly was, didn't pay off. Yeah, but sex in the... Well, it paid off. It was fucking electric. We got to go to Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I know. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and then... Um, in this circumstance, it's like we're just—it's just deflating. Like it's not—I'm not bursting across the finish line. I'm limping, like battered and worn, uh, like pretty much scraping myself over from the bare nubs I have left of fingers because I've been through all the nail cuticle, that, the top two that f- knuckles. That feeling you're describing just remind, like popped into my head. It describes perfectly, I think, how we both felt watching Grown Ups One. After we had like yeah, we had yeah. this big blowout and like had such a cool finale, it was all done. And then was it the next day? It I think the it was night, yeah. the very next day. Um, we watched Grown Ups, the first one, hung over as shit in the Starkin toilet um, UCB, which was kind of cool. And under any other circumstances, we'd be like, oh, wicked. But it was just like a dredge. It was yeah. That was I would say even in the context of Sex and the City too. Probably the most like depressing one that we've put out. Yeah. It was so flat. It's fucking grim. But this is like, I think, do you know what I'm speaking about when I say it's not, I wouldn't say I'm excited, just uh, defiantly pleased that I know I'll be rid of it. This, yeah. This dead weight in my life. Yeah. Are you trying to pick up what they're saying? You look like you're listening in. I'm sort of listening more to the cicada. Listen I'm just wondering if you. This is a good party, man. This is like the biggest <laughs> this episode. This is not that good. Of, this, <laughs> this is the biggest episode we've had. I don't we've got think like kids good, co-hosting. We've got the knife on. I don't on. think this is a good party at all. A cicada is in the mix. When you now. put all of those elements together, if someone shows, if the police, for instance, show up here, yeah, you've mic'd up the neighbours. You're yeah. sitting in your bloody <laughs> little outhouse with a knife, <laughs> practicing your thrusts. It's not a good oh look. Oh my term. god, you're right, man. I'm you're accessory right. too. This is a freaky image. This is not a. Um, yeah, but but what you've got to appreciate is the cops can't un- come in here without a reason, you know. Uh, is that even true in New Zealand? I feel like I get a lot of my legal determinations from watching television, and most of the shows we get here in New Zealand are from America. Sounds like some shit's really going down. Next, it's really starting to kick off next door at the pool party. Um, what do you think of the movie this time, guy? This forty seventh watch of Sex in the City two. Uh, as I've as I've been trying to describe earlier in this particular episode, uh, I didn't much care for it this week, Tim. Should we get into some shining lights? Let's try and pull up. You know? Okay, I'm not necessarily Here's armed mine. with anything. I, yeah, I am. Are you've written, can I go? Because you've written yours down, and I'm like, yeah, more liable to forget mine. Uh, mine was Miranda. She does, when Carrie's talking about her relationship with Big on the Jumbo Jet airliner, uh, which is the size of a, you know, a Jumbo Jet. Pretty big. Big airplanes. Uh... Carrie's explaining the jumbo jet that is the size of a jumbo jet. That's right. I can see why this podcast is 
doing well, so well. Is it an accurate description? Yes. Does it paint the picture I was trying to paint? Yes. Job done. You know done. a jumbo jet? Think of that, but instead of a jumbo jet, a jumbo jet. No, it's, you know a jumbo jet. You know something about the size of a jumbo jet? Okay, you think of a jumbo jet, you've got it. <laughs> okay, go on. Sorry. Guy Montgomery's three-step process for communication. Go on. Say the same thing three times. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is yeah. Carrie's explaining uh, Big's idea for their relationship. Mm. Namely, that they should spend some more time apart. Yeah. Because the thing's gone... <laughs> Which, when you put it like that, yeah. doesn't sound like a great idea to float to your wife. Uh, yeah, I can see why... Hey, you be... know what would improve this marriage? <laughs> Less marriage. Yeah. That's what I'm gunning for. That's right. And I think this argument and its insistence on showing up week in, week out, I mean, you know, I've said a lot of bad things about it, but God bless its grit and determination. Mm. Nothing if not tenacious, this argument. It rears its fucking ugly head in your beautiful home, Tim, every week. And frankly, if I have guests over, look, you can leave your problems at home. Check them at the door because you're in my house now or my friend Tim's house. We're trying to have a good time together. I don't know how many times I have to have this chat with you. It's a shining light. You're supposed to enjoy the bit of the film. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm about to tell you the bit I really enjoyed. All right. Which was, so Carrie is describing her, like what Biggs pitched in their relationship to Charlotte and Miranda. Kim Charles already gone to bed. And uh, she says Big wants two days off. And there's a shot uh, of Charlotte with some sort of uh, verbal response. Spoken response, and then there's a passing shot, a glancing shot, you'd almost call it, of Miranda, in which she just ever so gently uh, turns her eyes from left to right to, to signal intent to carry that she's listening and open to this conversation. But it's not even like the shot's on her, right? She's kind of over someone's uh, shoulder. I'm not sure if it's a double a or a single. It's but it's it feels very brief. I think it's you know it's for the um it's for your connoisseur to observe, and uh, I think that it was a it's a it was a classy touch. Uh, I tell you one thing about Cynthia Nixon. She was a, a real joy to work with on this film. Uh, real she was, pro. She was a real pro. And that was my uh, my shining light. Mine would have to be, um, and I can't believe I've missed it up until now. I'm pretty sure I have. The bit where they're going dress shopping for Samantha um, for the premiere and uh, the sales assistant says, isn't that dress a little young for you? And it's that shot of Carrie... Sarah Jessica Parker just does a non-verbal cue. It's kind of like this. Um, it's kind of like a grimace almost. And she juts her jaw. The rest of her face doesn't move, but she juts her jaw to the side. So yeah. it's almost like she's gritting her teeth, but just in one action and her mouth is open. So she's like, Ugh. and uh, it's great because it just communicates so perfectly the uncomfortableness of that situation and the fact that she knows storm clouds coming. And lo and behold, it does. Oh, Because absolutely. Samantha's next line is, Exactly how old do you think I am? And um, what does the sales assistant say to that? Nothing? Uh, I'll see if they... I, I think she checks for sizes or something. She sort of... She, deflect, she say, I don't she think gets, she says anything. And then Samantha says, um, for your information, I'm 50 fucking two. Oh, yeah. And I will rock That's right, this yeah. dress. It's, uh, that is a good bit of... That's really good sass. And also, yeah, as you said, well telegraphed by Carrie. And it's good. Hey, look. Good from Cynthia... Uh, sorry, from uh, Kim Cattrall as well. From that. Yeah. I like her delivery in that bit. Yeah, Kim. Good on you. Kim was actually a real. She was a real joy to work with on real this film. Pro, real pro. I said. I found. Real pro. Um. Real pro to work now, with. Now speaking of jumbo, Much like the knife. Jumbo. Yep. There he is. Still there. What's the last thing you cut with that knife? Uh good question. I feel like it was a bit of rope, but it's not coming into he- into my head immediately what rope I would have been cutting. It's not that sharp, to be honest. 
It's just, it's like impressive looking. But it's not that sharp. Is that I'm what I don't know. A blunt knife is as scary. Because like it's A blunt knife is more dangerous. Yeah. Um, oh, what's his name taught me that? Thingy Bob. Bear Grylls? Br- no, British chef who's always on the tally swearing at people. Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Love that dude. It came over to you. Oh, no, it was uh, Jamie Oliver, sorry, actually. It was Jamie Oliver who said that. He like, could not be a more different personality. Ah, uh, they're both British chefs. They could be <laughs> what you've said is invalid, guy. No, Your I said personality. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Jamie Oliver said, like, you know, dull knives are the dangerous ones. Those are the ones you got to look out for because right, they don't go where you point them. All oh, right, dull knives are the... What I'm going to do here, right, is dull knives are the dangerous one. Yeah, I don't know who you are. My wife, Jules. <laughs> my, my wife, Jules. <laughs> uh, Guy and I were just discussing how um, Borat is is uh, experiencing a renaissance of sorts. It is a real time of renaissance. Renaissance. Second coming. Not uh, renaissance. You, what am I trying to think of? Renaissance. It's like a second coming. No, yeah, I think that's that's right. Because it's been just enough time now, and it, it just it feels like it's popping up in a lot of places the last six months. Yeah. It's, my wife. Someone had their Wi-Fi call my, my wife, hey? uh, which is just Oh, that's on the tasty. nose. Speaking of jumbo jets. Yeah, dog. Your dog. Pardon? I was going to say dude, and then I got uh, sidetracked by dog. And This is something well. that we... Uh, Thanks for the Campari, by the way. Guy brought Campari to this pool party, and it's adding a real refreshing yeah, look, beat to the whole thing. If we're going to watch our kids have a swim in the pool, the least we can do is get shit drunk and, and moan about our bosses at work. With a knife. Not necessarily. Anyway, sorry, you were saying Jumbo Jets? Uh, yeah. We Can we ha- pretend that Jumbo Jets... Oh, no, wait. What's that song? I can't remember Oh, A Shooting Stars. Yeah. I could really use a wish right now. Yeah. Wish right now. I'm going to stop sidetracking you because I've got nothing of wish value right to offer. Wish right now. Jumbo Jets. Yes. We haven't really spoken about this before, but when... Uh, they walk into their cabins. Yeah. Uh, aboard the, I mean, the plane is it's plus size. To oh, use an adjective. You, I know where you're going. I would use yep. the word jumbo yep. if I could. Yeah. Uh, Triple XL. I think jumbo does the trick quite nicely. Let's not get it confused, Tim. And they're walking it. And I mean, these cabins are huge. Yes. They are the size of sort of uh, retail stores in a mall. Yeah, it's of. like a triple XL seat. Yes. That's how I'd describe it on a plane. I think so. Just for consistency's sake, I think it's probably handier if we just call it a jumbo seat. Uh, but, you know, neither here nor there. Uh, and adorning Carrie's head. And it, we really haven't spoken or made enough of this because it is truly... We've talked a little bit about the other headpiece in the wedding. Yes, but this one is... Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's that classic... It, it, are you wearing the hat or is the hat wearing you situation? Yeah. She's pretty much wearing like a melted down, dyed version of the sorting hat uh, from Harry. Like it's so, it's about, it's as wide as the aisle. Yeah. It, like if I was picking a size, I would say triple XL. Yeah. I rec- Yeah. It is big, un- undeniably. And it, I just, you know, I think all the way down the uh, the gate towards when they board the plane, I would say it is a triple XL hat. But once uh, she is aboard the plane, it does just, I think, you know, for the sake of clarity for everyone involved, I would probably describe it as a, as a jumbo-sized hat. Uh, but it's the, the thing is genuinely... You can't see this, listener. Every time Guy does that, I'm shrugging my shoulders at him in a dismissive manner. It's... Uh, as if to say, if you like. 
It's crazy. And yeah. she, she also she walks onto the plane and That uh, hat is fucking ridiculous. It's all crumpled. It looks it's it's like tinfoil. Right. It's like someone got fifty meters of tinfoil and constructed a headpiece out of that and she's got it on. And 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 that in and of itself is fine. Wear whatever hat you want. I mean, by all means it's your decal head. your own knee Decal your knee carry. Uh but then one of the hostess, uh, the stewards, sorry, they they are walking down the aisle and she welcomes Carrie to the flight and Carrie says, I like your hat. And the, the, steward, the steward smiles and she continues walking and then Carrie, vindicated by this ambivalence towards her choice of headgear, turns to the gals and says, and I was worried mine would be too much. There has been... Not a life raft of hope for the hat she's wearing from yeah, the steward. Yeah, she's, she's, it's, she's, it's like she's gone insane and she's heard, what, she's yeah, so yeah. confident that the person she's talking to is about to say, I love your hat too, that the fact that no one has said it doesn't change her next course of action. Absolutely. <laughs> and I thought mine was going to be too much. It is. Yeah, no yeah, one yeah, is yeah, negating yeah. that. It's it's like, it's completely true. It's like they wrote the line of dialogue, uh, the response into the script and shot it and then cut it out of the final edit. Yeah. As a, Just to sti- make as a stitch like up. A <laughs> like that is Which the... is like what they do with Cynthia Nixon as well with the um Spanx line. Yeah, absolutely. There's what more... is the line for that again? Uh I've tri- oh, I've, no, tricked I've tricked my, my body into thinking it's younger and then uh Miranda says I've tricked my body into thinking it's thinner. Spanx and then there's a beat to <laughs> absorb the silence and tanking of the joke. She bombs so hard. But Boys and girls listening, you don't appreciate how much she bombs with that line. Like, she gets nothing. There's a um, thing in stand-up comedy where if you're filming, like, a live show, and if you don't mic up the audience, no matter what happens on stage, it just looks like you're fucking bombing because it's like no one's reacting. Um, <laughs> and it's like that. It's just there's no reaction. There's nothing. Yeah. There's not a giggle. There's nothing. And then they just move forward with, the, there with are, the conversation. There are a surprisingly large number of scripted gags in the movie which are treated with exactly the same response where it's like they don't just let the they make a point of like holding hovering on holding the joke the bomb just long enough for you to be like yep that tank yeah and then totally. keep going. it's so weird because it's <laughs> it's scripted and edited <laughs> it's not like either a live performance or a live broadcast it's like there are many opportunities for this to not happen and it's exactly Why the same thing this with- is supposed to be the characters that we love that's the thing it's not like they're doing something that you were put on a villain or someone you're supposed to hate in the movie, but these are our heroes. They do it, and they do it again with uh, names. They're constantly getting their their manservant butler's names, can, like is pronouncing Garo, them differently. Is it Garan? Do- well, I actually do that thing, which is when you meet somebody. Oh, we've got an aeroplane co-hosting at the moment. Newest member of the pool party. It's the is it a helicopter. I think it's a copter. Certainly up in the skies. It's, it's an exciting party. It is pretty exciting. It's certainly a good um, authentic soundscape. Isn't it? It's an interesting talk bed. You should just record this as general atmos. I bought a, an album, uh, like a record, several years ago called Relaxing Sounds. Yeah. And it's just it's six tracks, three on either side, and it's like a bubbling brook. That's uh, nice. A Sunday afternoon. Um, like the rainforest. And it's got little blurbs for each place which describe, you know, it's like the, the sound and what's happening. And the one 
And this is a perf- This would be a great bed for like a Sunday afternoon. Like what suburban, suburban yeah. jungle. Yeah, exactly. And but the description for the Sunday afternoon was like, and it was like blah blah blah, crickets chirp, birds birds singing, uh, you know, relaxation. And in the distance, the sound of a lawnmower can be heard because listening to someone else do work is also relaxing. <laughs> That's nice. I had an app that did that. So you got to go down and select what you wanted in there and mix how loud each thing was. So you created your own soundscape. And there was some dope stuff in you there, do man. You some buzzy stuff there with that. There was like, um, so it was kind of rainforest, like rain coming down onto a, a canopy. And then you could combine that with like monks chanting real quietly <laughs> in the background. And then a bubbling brook and then a fire crackling as well. Have that like coming over the top. That's good because the, then the fun thing to do is if you've got your eyes shut is you try and imagine the visual image of the setting that you've set so you're trying to what's imagine what's even better is because it's like an app trying to cater for everyone they've got like real urban stuff as well so it was the noise of a dryer going <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I'm like, in this forest, and these monks are waiting for their drying to be done from the machine, and they're just forming a chant circle. Keeping themselves warm on a fire. What I was trying to say, though, Tim, uh-oh. Is the way that they treat... Um, Drop my knife. <laughs> that is a big of, <laughs> bit of an uh-oh. Uh, is... Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. I'm one sorry, of, sorry. one distraction too I'm many. I'm so sorry. No, no. Oh, they treat the... Like, they don't learn the names of the people... The pe- Like, in the script... They've scripted the names. Yeah. And it's like none of them have the confidence when saying them out loud. So they do what I do when I'm not sure about the pronunciation on someone's name who I might have met or I'm not comfortable asking again. Which is, I'll pronounce it like three different ways with supreme confidence over the night. So at least once I'll get it right. And the other two times, there'll just be a cloud of uncertainty hanging over both of us. That's good, man. It's good hedging like, of bets. That's me sort of, you know, making it up on the spot yeah. in a social situation. Sure. This is a script. Like, <laughs> you are in total control of whether or not the characters know the people's names. And, and we know that the director is also the writer of this film. <laughs> he's there on set. This dude wrote it. 
He's going to know. If you've got any questions, just ask Mattress Pikelet King. He's right there. That's right. Screaming at everyone. Lying on is a it be- Garou? Is it Garon? Is it Smith Garrett? Or, or is it Smith Garrett? Or oh, Smith Jarrett? Jarrett. Yeah, Jarrett. Smith Garrett. Because it's said both times. Smith Garrett. Smith Garrett. Yeah. He's French. Yeah, my uncle's French. Uh, look, look, Tim. Uh, hey, someone complimented us on our southern accents recently. Really? Yeah, and he was from Louisiana from memory. First person ever. So many people gave a shit about <laughs> the quality of accents on that. That's fair. You're a lot better at it than I am, that's for sure. I don't know about that. I wouldn't... Take I, the compliment, man. I don't throw them your way often. Just take it. I'm not comfortable taking compliments <laughs> from a man with a knife. <laughs> it feels like you're giving me a favour or like I owe you something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what I was going to say is I don't think necessarily they're the most accurate accents, but you couldn't fault the, um, commitment. the commitment. That was unheard of and frankly unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I was going to say though, Tim, is you don't want to drop the knife on the ground because there's a little like oil slick there, and you could scoop <laughs> and you could scoop Oh no, I don't want that to happen. Before you know it, I'll be If you got the flu, you know what to do. Don't go to school. Don't go to work. You stay in bed. You drink chicken soup, or if you don't eat chickens, have some vegetable soup. It's good for you. Solo. Where's he going? That's what the bongo cool hat. Is the question? He's uh, obviously coffee guy came into the film this week, adorned in. It looked like he'd been at university recently. The first time we've not seen him in uh, his traditional garb of a business suit, mm. reading the newspaper. He came in wearing sort of one of those big uh, faux dreadlock hats. You know, hats with like dreadlocks built into them. What? Yeah, and uh, I don't know what and you're a talking set of about, bongos. Actually. A faux dreadlock hat. They're like people wear them as. Uh, oh wait, yep, 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 yep. I've got in my mind's eye. I think what you're talking about. I wonder what that's called. Is it kind of like a beanie, but then it's yeah. got the dangly bits. It's but it's like a it's like a combination of a beret and a beanie. Right. Yeah. It's when people I, are trying to appropriate reggae culture. Yeah. Uh, they will. Fucking. Do you know who wore one of those? Who? The oldest daughter from the Cosby Show. I'm so. I, now we're going back because I haven't watched the Crosby show since I was a, a small child, but I'm pretty confident she wore one. They explored her going into like a real liberal artsy zone, yeah. and I think she she kind as of as a character as a character, and I think she got into poetry and shit. Not Rudy, the older one. Can't remember her name. That's so Raven. That is classic Raven. Ah, uh, <laughs> this is Zach Galifianakis gag. What? That's so Raven. This is show. No, I know, but his one's like, sometimes I'll be doing something. Oh, right. And I'll think, that's so Raven. That is so Raven. Um, what were you saying? Oh, the hat. Fuck knows. Oh, look, yeah, he's coming wearing a, he's wearing his big old hat and he's carrying some bongos. It looks to me like the guy's in a rush to get back to the university campus for a game of hacky sack down by the quad. Because mama loves bongos. ra da 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 Mama loves bongos. Cha 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 cha. Tequila. Tequila. Scooter Papa. 
Knife solo. Look, we could go all day. But yeah, that's that's my theory. Uh, it was muddied at the start. It took a while to get through. I think that he's enrolled in in uh, university, and he just he's having a great time on campus. He's meeting new people. He's making new friends. He's exploring a side of himself which he's suppressed for I don't know nine forty something years. Unbelievably, um, this watch, this forty seventh watch, forty eighth. 48th watch I saw something that I had not seen before and that was the fact that coffee guy um, pants to the camera that he's reading the culture section or at least the culture section is at the front of whatever he's reading that's Co- what we see coincidence I think not I think not absolutely not so he's gone to university to make something of himself good on him I don't think this is the first time that he's done that actually yeah that last time he kind of uh, he got in with the wrong crowd oh. and uh, started moving around in some pretty uh, sort of uh, just not very Motivated circles. Started smoking weed with some guy called Barack who <laughs> was just a demon. Absolute fiend. The guy could mow through a bag of ganja like no one's business. Used to have this thing called uh, total absorption where he would hotbox a car, say, or a small room and no one could leave until all the smoke was absorbed by humans. The humans in there. I'm not even lying, man. That's like That's a thing. That's a, that's a Barack thing. The other thing he would do is, because uh, he was real good at basketball as well, is he'd, he'd be in a weed circle, apparently. This is, I can't remember what I read this in. A reputable magazine, though. And uh, he would take he would take a path. <laughs> the joint would pass around like two people. Then he'd switch places where he was, run around the outside of the circle, jump back in, grab the joint again, and just yell out, intercept, and take another <laughs> hit. Is this, are you making this up or is this no, true? No, no, this is true. This is true. Oh, this, seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the President of the United States Barack of America. Obama was a sick count. That is hilarious. Um, that was his days in the, what is it called? The Choom Gang. Chom Choom Gang, I think it was called. I don't know, man. He was a massive weed smoker, apparently, back in his college days. Good on him. Yeah, man. Do what works for you, Barry. That's what I he say. He doesn't mind if I call him that. We're close personal friends. President Donald Trump Barry. has got such a tiny little mouth. Yeah, but he tries to scoot it out all the time to make it look bigger. He does that whole, like, um, pouty duck face we thing. Had, yeah, we had an ad campaign. There was a product, there's a product here called Burger Rings, which are, like, uh, small, very orange kind of barbecue-flavoured circular chips, thin rings. And there was briefly a subset of that product called uh, Burger Ring Minis. And they were the same thing, only much, much smaller, sort of a quarter to a fifth of the size. I never saw Burger Ring minis. Regular Burger Rings. Okay. And there was an ad campaign that came with this product, which was uh, some police, some policemen sitting in their car uh, eating Burger Rings on duty. And they just had tiny, tiny little <laughs> mouths, like proportionately sized to the, the mini Burger Ring. That's awesome. And, uh, what a good campaign. Yeah. I feel like, I was thinking about it today, actually. I feel like the only reason the product must have been launched is because someone was like, I've got this idea. <laughs> we have to shoot it. But, uh, yeah, I, Donald Trump, every time I see him speaking, I tiny think of, mouse. he's got a little, it's perfect for putting a little tiny chip in. And it's not holding him back, is it? That's what I like. He's got some obvious physical defects and it's not holding him back a jot. He's so just like... Huge mental defects. And still, yeah, exactly. he's getting out there and Good doing his thing. Him. He's trying his hardest and it's, and it's working, you know? Uh, 
support democracy, guy. You don't have to agree with the man to agree that the fact that he's allowed to participate is dope. Yeah, look, I, I obviously he's a baddie, uh, and like a classic cartoonish villain, villainous sense. John Mulaney did an excellent bit on Seth Meyers recently about this, and I think he was referencing a very old bit that he used to do. That Donald Trump is basically what a homeless man would do if he won lotto. Like it's his, <laughs> it's his depiction of what a, a very rich man should be. Is like, oh, I've just won a billion dollars. I'm going to build really tall buildings and put my name on them. It's <laughs> just yeah. real cartoon, <laughs> yeah, yeah, monopoly guy, he, villain. He absolutely is. But yeah, it's and he is like he's a devastatingly his his opinions are devastatingly toxic. But the level of distance I have from here to America and the fact he's got such a funny little mouth mm. and the things he's saying is so like ludicrously offensive and dastardly that yeah. it doesn't seem real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I genuinely can't look at like I there's a real hyper reality to yeah, it. Yeah, like I can't think of him as someone who is actually a contender in any way to be like. The whole thing is just so far-fetched. It's like a parallel universe. It's an alternate reality. And what a, so what I, a time to be alive, yeah. eh? So I can't take him seriously. I can't even be seriously... I can like, get very fucked up with things he says, but I can't be seriously outraged with the guy because I'm like... I, do you know, without getting too deep into this, I actually reckon that's why he's doing so well. Because it's like people kind of like... You can't hold him to the same standard as other people because he's obviously nuts. So if he says something, because they for ages it'd be like he'd say something offensive about women or Mexicans or Muslims or whatever, and the press would be like, well, this is it. He's fucked it now. This is the end of his run. And then his numbers would just go up. And it's because I think his supporters just go like, oh, yeah, yeah. But, that, you know, it's because it's cause he's not a real... Yeah, you, there's some it's, subconscious yeah, yeah. element of like, yeah, but he's a cartoon character, so you can't, you know, throw the he regular. Like, standards he speaks at him. in like narratives. He's like, <laughs> he's like you know, I go, you go out there and I, you know, and you know, you hear people saying they're saying Donald. He's like, he, like I am the best. Yeah, he he's doesn't like, finish any sentence. Yeah, ever. in the middle of every sentence, he defers to some like idea of a group of people who are, coming, an who are coming up to him and saying it's important what you're doing. It's like clinical insanity. It's incredible. It's re- how he talks is really incredible. It's it's um it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I feel like we got a little bit beat a bit off the beaten path with that jazz riff. Yeah, not wrong. You're not wrong there. I'll tell you what I would like to do, and that is um travel up a big building that doesn't have Donald Trump's name on it, because there is a big old dusty old leather bound book I want to open up, guy, with you. And it has gotten an, an embossed golden letters on the front of it. Big's big book of ideas. Oh, dearie me. This is, um, frankly, this book is, it's do- it do- to call it dog-eared would be doing it a disservice. It is, it's been run ragged, put through the ringer, so to speak. It's gone through the wash. I feel like he never, like the only time that, that it's not on. wash in the jungle yeah. and the dryer that they've got. That's right. That's the cleanest. You're, uh, just as a side note, this episode is also partially sponsored by. It's a mean bomb. I didn't even see that, but I could just hear how good that bomb was into the pool. Yeah, I was surprised not to hear more fanfare from the spectators going, ha, 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 that was sick. They're over it now. That's how, like, desensitized to awesome bombs. Fucking hell. Kids can swim for so long. When you're, like, under 10, you can go in the water, and then that in and of itself is enough. That's a day. That's, like, nine hours. You have to be told. Yeah. You will be shriveled, like, a third of the size you got in. Your lips will be blue. Yeah. You cannot speak for the chattering. And you'll still be like, oh, I'm not ready to get out. Yeah. 
It is fucking insane. And now as an adult, even in the sweltering heat, you go I'll put my 15 minutes. Max. Yeah. I'll put my body under the water. I'll float around. I'll swim maybe like however many laps I can before I get bored of it. And mm. then I'll just get out. What is the secret? I don't know. Do you think it's the sense of weightlessness? And I was like, they're still enjoying the sensation of their body being, having like a different well, form weight, of control over your body. When you're a kid though, you're way more weightless than you are as a human because you've got less weight. They're so light. It doesn't make any sense, guy. I don't know what it is. No, I don't. Children I don't, are just better at enjoying things. They really are. God bless them. They are our future. Big, a, child, big, a, big, a child would never do anything as arbitrary as what we're doing. Big, which I think is a core Well, it's because they don't happiness. have commitment. And I think that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Because with that childlike naivete, if they committed to something huge, it, it, it maybe would destroy end well. them. Mm. <laughs> you know? That's how you want to harness the power of children, which is frankly one of the only remaining ways that we can, uh, you know, activate an army of uh, warriors to prevent Brady and his army of rats. Which is precisely what Big is banking on with his latest big. Big idea. Talk to me. Big has essentially got a bunch of kids, and you're going to have to just check your ethics at the door for one moment because there is a greater good here. He's basically got a room full of children and hooked them up to a series of electrodes to measure their brain activity. And he's basically trying to figure out through a series of tests how they can remain so optimistic and how they enjoy everything so much, like being, being in the water. And he's, he's trying to find a way to harness that pure enjoyment to add it to a competing AI that's going to take down Dickbot. Because he's run the math. He's, he's done the equations and he's figured out... This is big. I'm not saying this is the complete truth, but Big has figured out himself that Dickbot is going to win against Brady. And he's, the only thing that will take down Dickbot is a better AI. He's run the... Run the numbers. Seriously? Yes, dude. The fact that he's, what do you think he's doing in that big room of his with the two computer screens and no keyboard? He's running the numbers. I guess he's. I've never thought of, he's hiding in plain sight because I've never thought of what is actually going on behind the facade of working the market. Yeah. He's so, what he's done is he's rigged up a uh, series of computers that are supposed to be used to like figure out where the stock market's going and stuff. But he's kind of inserted his own code in there to try and figure out. He's chucked an algorithm on there to figure out who's going to win between Brady or Dickbot. And it's, it's come up Dickbot, and he can't have it. He couldn't have Brady either, to be honest. He just needed to figure out which enemy he needed to vanquish after the battle for him to reign supreme. Or at least get some... This know, is where things neutrality. become incredibly interesting, because what say... Mr. Big is not a government agent, is he? No, he's, he's like a free a, man. Yeah, in the same way that Brady and Dickbot are, you know... Uh, well, to be fair, Dickbot was created by... That's true. ...the Americans? No, the Japanese. No, the Japanese. In a response to what America did during World War II. Yes. Correct. Look, the thing is, if Big is a, a, you know, a single agent or whatever, an agent unto himself... Yeah. He's like what? Batman. He's a yeah. He's a he's a vigilante. Uh, but How would you feel about Chris Noah being Batman? I feel like uh, first of all that will never happen, mm. and if it did, it would not be... now that we've got all super serious with our comic book movies. <laughs> Except for Deadpool. God, I'm holding out hope. 
Yeah, you're really looking forward to that. I, Boy, I, I think that should be a good time too. But no, more that uh, if he is, if he ever is Batman, it will be like in a reboot of the Adam West camp series of Batman. Like, there's no way they're going to give him the keys to a proper serious Batman. Yeah, you're right. He'd be worse than Clooney, and that's saying something. Yeah. Oh, I've lost my train of thought. So. Oh, what I'm asking, though, is that if he's just an agent unto himself, mm. a, a vigilante, if you were, what gives him the right to harness, to do what he's doing, in essence? I well, mean, this is the beauty and, of it. He, he is answering only to himself. He's, this is the cool thing about big guy Montgomery. He doesn't wait for someone to say, the world's in trouble, we need a hand with this. He's got spunk, gumption, and initiative. And he, he takes this upon himself because he's a responsible soul. He doesn't want to see the world burn to ashes around him at the hands of a rat king or a Japanese contrived artificial intelligence inserted into a machine. So at the you know, cost of however many children who enjoy themselves going for a swim or whatever it is they do with their free time. We'll put the kids back. They're not dying, but it's just, the, you know... They'll lose not gonna, all sense of childlike wonderment. They're potentially not going to have a great time while they're in there. That's all I'm saying. But there's a great, I know. There's I, a great I feel argument like, here. Yeah. I don't doubt, you know, that he's capable. I just question that... I, I guess you told... And you told me to check my ethics at the door. And I that. certainly did. You've got to apply a bit of utilitarianism to this. But you said, I guess it's just, it, it comes back to the knife thing. It's when you're talking about someone showing moxie and taking initiative and you're flicking a knife back and forth as you say it. It's just the marriage, it sort of, it goes from being about Mr. Big to the guy recording the kids' party, practicing his thrusts with a blunt knife. Well, all I'm saying is, don't be an Emmanuel Kant be an Emmanuel can if you know your ethical theory philosophers of yesteryear I did not (laughs) and I am devastated because I can only imagine how satisfying that would have been not just for you but also in the conversation Um, Jesus I I can't wait for this to be over guy I really can't it's going to be so good that's right I'm pumped about New York as well yeah, and we actually have a progress and an announcement to make. Do we? Yes. Cool. Uh, we have... Good car noise. That guy's excited. He's racing yeah. off. That's right. This guy's racing off to buy tickets because our event is about to go live. We will be doing the last ever uh, discussion around the god-awful Sex in the City 2 at the Union Hall in New York City at 10 p.m. On, on March 3rd. On March 3rd. That's 2016 right. in the year of our Lord. As soon as the link is live, we will put it on our Facebook page and tweet it out. Uh, and moreover, we're going to do it as a, a double bill. A double billing. Double, double bill in a way. A double. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be a triple. It's going to be. Quad bill. What's happening quad is damage. we're going to do the podcast. Put a fucking pin in that. And then to celebrate, we will be both be performing half an hour of stand-up comedy for your entertainment. Uh, if you so choose to watch it. It's so selfish because it is the definition of preaching to the converted. There's no way we'll get an honest read on if any joke we tell in that crowd is good or not. There's more to performing jokes at Stand Up Comedy Tim than measuring them against the crowd and their value to you personally. I don't know if that's true. It's the only reason I'm doing it. You put the knife Just <laughs> You put the knife down, it's making you weird and schemy like. Yeah. 
Um, all so right. that's very exciting news. Uh, we can't wait. And the, it's, uh, the, the main downside is that the capacity is... Uh, it's not going to be. It's not huge. I think there's. Oh, it's like a hundred. Up to a hundred tickets. Uh, I don't know. It's New York City. How many people listen to the podcast? At least one hundred, surely. I would wager. Yeah, and I it's guess definitely this is, true. I've seen the stats. I'll bet you ten there. American dollars, and yeah. if I'm proven right, you'll have to give it to me on stage in front of the hundred paying Americans. No, I'm not. Don't drag me into this. It was you who said it in the first place. No way, man. Yeah, but I, I you know, don't attach money to this. It's just a friendly bet between you and I. That being said, we will be attaching money to the show. Yeah. Because it's costing us a lot to fly over. It's not cheap getting to um, the States from New Zealand. Uh, it's not the cheapest. Yeah. New Zealand's so out of the way. It's the issue. I, this is the thing, though. We're go- you know, it's the same price either way. America's as far away as New Zealand is from America. It's- <laughs> what? That's Look, all I'm saying is a jumbo jet is the size of a jumbo jet. It's a been a real, XL. it's been a real pleasure talking to yeah, you. Yeah, you're a real joy to work with, Guy Montgomery. We'll wrap it there, and because I've got to go camping now, I'm off. That's exciting. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, so, look, hey, you listening out there, I don't say this often enough, but I love you. Think you're cool. Don't let the fact that I'm wielding a knife at the moment sway you. I'm a good guy. You want to hang out with your old mate Timbo. Your Uncle Timbo swaggering into the bedroom just as you're resting your weary head. He knows what he's doing with that knife. This isn't his first knife rodeo. Don't you worry about it. And then his reassuring but slightly unhinged friend guy following him through the door without a knife saying, I love you too, and for the love of God, Tim, get out of here and stop wielding that knife. Thank you very much to Big Pipe, bigpipe.co.nz. Seriously, if you're in New Zealand, like... Get on it. If you're in New Zealand and with any other internet provider and afraid that uh, maybe a member of the company or a family member of the who you know uh, someone from the company's family member who knows them uh, is going to come around to your house and you know break in and throttle you, uh, I can assure you that Big Pipe uh, they've got a very strict policy actually vis-a-vis throttling uh, in the house and out of the house, and that is there'll be none of that. Thank you very much. It's, the worst it's a good gag. Bye everybody. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. Season two. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.